1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, we are joined by a good buddy of mine, uh, Kirk Henderson, who is enjoying a fun Mavs season. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. It's been so long uh, since, since since we've enjoyed a good season. Um, I want to start here, Kirk. You, you said you had the uh, the Lakers game on in the background as your Mavs were coming back from 19 on. Uh, the Golden State Warriors last night. Again, you guys are having a fun season. And I hate you for it. Um, but as as you guys are coming back from that, you look over to the other TV or you have wherever you were watching the Lakers game, and uh, DeAndre Jordan fires a pass that I'm not positive has landed quite yet. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> have, have you uh, you you have quite the history with DeAndre Jordan. Him having uh, spent some time in Dallas. Uh, Put me in the room with you as he fires that that hilariously off. So I'm sitting <laughs> there. In green. Pass. I'm sitting in the Spotify green room talking
0: about the game, and all of a sudden the people in the chat are like, "DeAndre Jordan's in the game! A DeAndre Jordan sighting!" <laughs> and so it's like it was having on, and then all of a sudden he gets that rebound. He takes a couple of dribbles, and he's like looking, and instead of just giving it to the guy next to him, mm-hmm. like he he's was supposed mellow. to do. Mm-hmm. He just you know he's trying out for the NFL combine and he tries <laughs> to kill someone in like section 108 of of wherever they are in New Orleans and it's like my goodness they were in man. la they were in LA. oh they were in la <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I was I, I was just really you know it, it before the season you know everybody it's it's fine everybody gets excited about the dudes that join their team but when another like when a series of fan bases are like I don't want that for you and I don't like you. That should mean something like Jordan is a trash can of a player. And he has all for the past five years, he's always tried to do stuff he shouldn't do. He has a remarkable turnover for percentage for a guy who doesn't ever have the ball.
1: (laughs) So, so a couple backstory notes here that I think you're going to enjoy. Um, one, there's a clip going around the internet that, uh, shows LeBron, uh, Trevor Ariza, and Russell Westbrook kind of chirping back and forth with Lakers fans who were upset at the game last night. Um, DeAndre Jordan is present for at least two of those. One was, you know, Le- LeBron when he was on the court, so there was nobody else really there around him as that little conversation was going on. Uh, but the other two were, were happening from the bench. And so DeAndre Jordan sitting there, I'm, wa- I'm kind of wondering, like, you know, was he was he looking out for Russ? Was he looking out for Trevor Ariza? The other running theory here, if I keep my tinfoil hat on, is John C. Riley was at the game last night, and John C. Riley is starring as Dr. J- Jerry Bus. Is he method acting? What's going on? <laughs> A really good tweet that I saw last night was like. Uh Lakers owner Jerry Buss just can't be thrilled with this uh performance. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I think that was Daniel Starkend. Um so but um but we were uh <laughs> so John C. Riley's at the game. It's been reported from numerous platforms right now that the Lakers themselves are really upset with this project. Um, that it doesn't necessarily put everybody in the best light. And it's funny because you know all of the things. It's not like, it's not like there was crazy new investigative uh, journalism going on here. It, it was it's it's a book that the <laughs> Lakers part participated in. <laughs> and it, 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 this is like like Jeff Pearlman said has said recently that they were gems when they were when he was writing the book that they were super helpful. At times, he was shocked by how. Uh, <laughs> how open they were we're still looking for the guy who did this <laughs> so, so so anyway my theory here is i wonder if deandre jordan was trying to get himself a new contract by trying to hit john c Riley with a basketball
0: And just a remarkable series of
1: events <laughs> i just i had to open up with something light because uh you know I'm essentially recording in a dark, dark room right now. I haven't turned on a light since the Lakers lost last night, um, which you know is is not ideal when you have a toddler running running around. But I want to <laughs> I want I want to uh, I want to start with your Mavs and um, the season that you guys are having. Uh, the last time you and I spoke, and the reason we're talking right now is because the Lakers are getting ready to play the Mavericks uh, tomorrow night. By the time you guys are listening to this, um. The last time you and I spoke, we were kind of talking about Jason Kidd and, and the Mavericks were just kind of trudging through mud and getting wins, but it wasn't necessarily pretty. Um, but you know, it's pretty clear at this point that, and I can't believe I'm saying this, the Lakers really miss Kidd. Mm. Like they, they seriously really miss this guy. Um, for his ability to connect with uh stars and and hold them accountable in ways that nobody on the Lakers cur- uh, current coaching staff have been able to um beyond just like the hey uh luca is, is is really good and and the Mavericks have kind of bought into the culture like what have you seen from kid this year that has really sparked a season that I don't think anybody was really I know I couldn't see coming from him as a coach.
0: Well, if you, if, if we take it all back, everyone who remembers kid kid was out of coaching for a year. Mm-hmm. So it, it, this is one of these like very important facts that sort of lost to time because he's Jason kid. Mm-hmm. He was out of coaching for a year and this cannot be emphasized clearly enough. He was a bad coach. He was, <laughs> he was not a good coach. He had one good year with Milwaukee one. And he, you know, by all reports from like Mirren Fader's book, and there's a lot, he was kind of a nasty dude. Yeah. He, he was, he was awful to the people around him. And in, in uh Brooklyn, he, he like, like sent, you know, Lawrence Frank into the sun because he didn't want him on the bench. <laughs> yeah. And then with the, like the Lakers, he, he was kind of, it seemed like the, the sage, like the, the, the guy who kept things calm mm-hmm. Um and, he has in, 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 all, you know, I just can't believe this in the sense of he has been the guy in, 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 like who has quietly led the charge for the Mavericks. Um, I would, I would really kind of place him as the team leader just because really? Luke is not really that vocal of a guy yet. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he will be one day, but what kid has done this year has let everyone do their jobs. Mm. And that goes from both players and the coaches because they have quite the coaching staff. Um, gosh, the guy I can't remember his name. Uh, There's Dudley. There's (laughs) another guy the Lakers
1: miss.
0: (laughs) Igor Kokoskov, who Mm -hmm. um was Suns head coach and was Luca's a national team coach. Um, and then what's that? Sean. He's kind of an offensive guru, right? Yes. And then their defensive guys. The guy I cannot remember his name. This is driving me crazy. The other head assistant who was with him in both Milwaukee and in Brooklyn. Oh, um, the big guy.
1: I, I, this is, I got to Google this Dallas assistants. He was actually, he actually uh, was with the Lakers for a little bit. God, I'm, I can, he, it's like, does his name start with a D? This is, this is going to cry. Like how bad am I at this? (laughs)
0: This uh, It's this, there's Daryl Lawrence, Sean Sweeney. I knew. Okay. Sean Sweeney. He's this like little red haired guy who doesn't look like he would be a basketball coach, but he's sort of the ying to kids yang in that he's the vocal one. He's the one who's always up talking to players where his kid is kind of quietly prowling the sidelines. Um and this this sort of conglomeration of really smart basketball people are working together to get the most out of a team which really up until the Porzingis trade hasn't changed in 3 years. Um hmm. it's it's pretty remarkable. I uh, for the longest time starting in about I don't know, New Year's, the Mavericks all of a sudden had an unbelievable defense and most of us in Mavs land thought it was just you know luck shooting mm-hmm. stretches and and unfortunately somehow it's held up over two months where they've been really really good
1: uh reminder i didn't i can't believe i didn't start with this but kirk uh, actually runs the the mass moneyball account and then he does the mass moneyball podcast <laughs> Uh he has been on the show before and we talked about the, the the mavericks before and he and i have been talking for so long that we just kind of talk as friends we don't really yeah. talk as as colleagues or anything and then he does a really fun thing uh with uh, after uh mavs games and i like that there are two different themes the mavs win it's a mavs party if they lose it's group therapy and that's all on spotify uh green room green room so check out all of that stuff especially after this game because i know i'm probably not going to want to talk about it (laughs) (laughs) so um the other the other kind of topic that i want to hit on here in a bit is is the uh, mavericks just kind of firing just getting rid of chris taps however they possibly could um and and the lakers have somebody on their roster who you know they could have considered doing the same kind of thing for um so we'll talk we'll talk a little bit about that here in a bit but like moving back to kid um his relationship with luca is really interesting because you know there was a lot of reporting after carlisle kind of walks away um about carlisle's relationship with luca and how sometimes that got a little rough sometimes and and um you know i kind of wonder with kid coming in like what's what would you identify as like the the key difference here between kid and carlisle because i still feel like kid really holds Luca accountable in some ways that it really kind of surprised me earlier in the season I think he just outright said Luca whines too much about refereeing Um, that's not something that I would normally hear from coaches about superstars and I kind of wonder if like a, a a Hall of Fame player has a little bit more leeway to be able to say that kind of a thing about a player and maybe get to that player in ways that you know, the Frank Vogels, the Rick Carlisle's of the world, maybe can't. I mean, it's a fresh voice. Like luca has been
0: coached and been in in top tier situations since he was a like young teen. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you sign a guy to a $207 million extension. You gotta have some sense. I honestly don't think anybody can tell Luca much of anything. He's Mm -hmm. still leading the league in technicals. He's been kind of a big baby pissing me off if I'm Mm -hmm. honest. Um, how long over
1: do you think he is today? Well, off uh, that see, Warriors win. It's his twenty-third birthday.
0: birthday. I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> going to be partying in Los Angeles tonight. I think we should talk about that a little bit later. But Luca yeah. has been the the relationship there is. I think that kid has tried to let Luca play through a great deal of stuff, and really mm-hmm. the whole team um, for about a. Th- If you divide the roster into like thirds, there's guys who have really benefited from increased um, responsibility and action. Mm Jalen Brunson's a good example. Mm -hmm. And then there's guys who have absolutely shown that they were playing above their weight before. Um, There's a a, a, a rotation big named Maxi Kleba, who is Mm -hmm. quite good, but they ask him to do a little too much. In his box score, you can just tell there's games where he doesn't have it, yet he plays like 35 minutes and finishes with three <laughs> rebounds. And it's like, wh- why? What's happening? Yeah. And so it's like like the 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 eventually I'm I'm pretty sure you know they're gonna get more players in here that are of kids ilk that he wants. And I'm gonna be interested to see what they do once that's the case but that they've managed to squeeze and he's managed to squeeze so much out of the same roster is really interesting. Now they're in like basically the same spot they were in the standings last season. Um, But there's been less Luca, obviously the Porzingis stuff. I mean, he's, he's done a real good job. There's going to be some weird clamoring from Mavs fans for kid to be coach of the year, which like, that's not happening. Sorry
1: guys. Um, But he's, he's done a good job. It would be hilarious if the guy that the Lakers didn't want to hire because of PR and still forced upon their current the record. Coach. he was bad huh? well that too that too but like the the pr was was yeah. like from what i've heard was was a big part of that and then but they still made him the highest paid assistant and kind of like that was one of the the the, the issues that they had with hiring Lu was that lou didn't want like he wanted full control of his staff rob palenka wanted jason kidd on the staff um and so they you know that and then not wanting to pay Lou for a fourth year heading into it um, means that the Lakers walk away with Vogel and kid. Obviously they give Vogel the the sham extension this last year. Kid goes to Dallas and it would be just truly just another little cherry on top of this Lakers season if he walks away with coach of the year. But I agree with you. I don't think he can. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something that I'm pleased to have been wrong about. I was not happy with the hire. Mm -hmm. This team had, we talked about it last time. I'm sure the Mavericks have had enough institutional issues over the past five years to where I don't under, I I, I don't understand the logic even now that Mm -hmm. it's worked is good, but just bad process, you know, sometimes ends up with good results.
1: Mm Um. Uh, let's let's move on then to to chris apps and the trade there which was another one that like you hopped on the uh spaces that we had for sb nation after the trade deadline and you informed us that there were 900 people in your uh spotify green room who were all upset about the trade and had no idea what was going on there and uh i'm I'm gonna be honest i haven't watched too too much of, of spencer dinwiddie um, and Davies Bertens uh, since they've gotten over to uh, Dallas. But is there something to just like getting rid of a toxic presence in an organization? Because sure kind of feels like that's kind of what's going on here with Dallas. It's, it's tough because I think under...
0: <sighs> Porzingis was nothing but a professional. He was honest to a fault to where he's probably one of the only professionals who I've actually heard in media go out and and tell you exactly what he's feeling in a really specific professional way that sport like he would just like he'd come out and say and I need more touches
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) you know it's like guys don't do that anymore and you know he never handled himself in any other way other than sort of wanting more than he was he was given and and but the challenge with him is that his body was never right and likely never will be right. Seven foot three people shouldn't move like that. Um, and there was just sort of this existential, I don't want to call it dread, but there was something hanging over because it. the Mavericks were either always trying to reincorporate him or always trying to figure out how to play without him. There hmm. were very outside of like the opening of 20, uh, 2019, 2020, where they started off like 16 and five, They've been trying to recapture like some glory that was just not going to come back to them. Um, it, it, there was a game actually early that season where Luca hit a killer, crawl, like step back jumper over LeBron, where it was like his arrival moment. Mm-hmm. This is just year two then, but they they needed to move on from him because by all accounts, and and this is this is me putting together the pieces. Mark mm. Stein basically said that, that Toronto and the Mavericks were discussing a deal and yep. Toronto pulled off the table. No one knows why, but then the Mavericks immediately turned around and traded him for what looked like two negative, very almost toxically yeah. bad contracts and mm-hmm. Bertans. But Spencer smaller ones. And Yeah. Basically trading one pile of shit for two. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that, that was the gist. It's and, easier
1: to move a smaller pile of shit. In theory.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And And, and, I can't help but think that why Toronto pulled off had to do with the fact that their medical staff said absolutely not to this guy. And the Mavericks at that point, maybe Mark Cuban, maybe Nico, someone finally got through and said, you are playing on borrowed time here. You have to move this before it becomes an anchor to the franchise Mm because he's still got two more years after this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, look... Like, one of the things that I talked about in the lowdown uh, after last night's game with the Lakers was, you know, part of the reason why the Lakers didn't want to move Russ. And I think it's a little easier, I think, for Dallas here because Chris Tapps wasn't their mistake, right? Like, Nico didn't trade for Chris Tapps, mm. and so, and thus, it's a lot easier uh, to, to just kind of rip the Band-Aid off one of the things here that was going on and it's been reported um a few times over with the Lakers trade deadline and not moving Russ and not cuz they were they were offered a pick swap with Houston um and, and and it didn't have to be an outright pick that would go to Houston to swap a uh, Russ for John Wall and part of the the issue there that has been reported um is that Polinka and the people who made the decision to trade for Russ didn't immediately want to acknowledge. Yep. Yeah. We screwed that one up, you know? Uh, and yet the message that you kind of send indirectly when you stand padded at a trade deadline where everybody knows that your team isn't good enough is yeah, we just suck this year. Mm-hmm. We aren't gonna, we aren't going to compete. And I thought last night was kind of a culmination of, of everything that has been building up where Everybody knows, like every player on the Lakers knew that they were on the on on the table um, and they were potentially going to get moved uh, to try to reset the season. You had that initial surge, right? The where the uh Lakers try to act as if, oh yeah, no, we're just committed. We're committed to these guys. Never mind what you have heard for the last 48 hours, but we are committed to, to this core. And this team moving forward, they play well for a few games and then they come back last night. And I think this was kind of where this was always heading. And, uh, everybody just kind of quit. Like mm-hmm. I, I, our buddy Cranchus, uh, with, you know, who, who does a lot of work with X's and O's said it took like 35 possessions or something insane for them to actually run a set that he would consider a decent set. <laughs> in in last night's game so like part of the game yeah that's everybody saying yeah we're done here mm-hmm. and and i kind of think like one of the things that i was really kind of struck by when the mavs made the chris Tapps trade was y'all were the fifth seed like you guys you guys mm-hmm. were were in the middle of an already pretty good season and and normally a lot of front offices would say yeah that's that's good enough you know that's 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 a decent enough season for us. We're kind of surprising um to this point and they hit that reset button, they they hit eject on on that trajectory and there was always risk involved. This could backfire. Like Spencer could get hurt. Uh, you know, Davies can continue to not like remember how to shoot. Any of these things could still kind of fall through, but I do think like when you as an organization tell you know send the message of no we know we're good enough we know that what we're potentially capable of this year and we know that it's better without that guy and and you actually move that guy that's like that 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 says a lot the people who are actually left there can now kind of compete and say yeah that's them buying back into the season what do you think about that theory i mean you're
0: What the Mavericks did by trading Porzingis was admitting defeat on the Porzingis trade. It was a good gamble, but Mm -hmm. admitting that it wasn't working is a big step. And that's why I can't help but think that something actually happened within that Toronto discussion to shock Mark Cuban into being. He, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've not talked to Mark Cuban. I don't know what his thinking is, but one thing I have seen with him (laughs) is that it takes something extreme to get him to move from his preconceived notions that man spends a lot of time telling you how he's right about stuff. Um <laughs> just so yeah. much copy. Like he, he when the Mavericks played the Lakers, he actually gave a an interview to one or is Clippers. This early season like November where he's just he just went on this kind of mini tirade about how, oh, I'm sure Mavs fans are trying to find a way to trade, you know, Luca. And it's like, no, we just like you know, <laughs> you, you just gotta do you you have to, you know, the, the Mavericks, I don't want to say they wasted Luca's rookie contract, but the 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 steps that they took during Luca's rookie contract to try to become good immediately did not work. They yeah. were fine, but it didn't ultimately move the needle. The thing yeah. about Luca is that he is the floor. The, it's it's like playing with early LeBron in the sense of you're going to win half of your basketball games. Can you win ten more because of the other people on the team? And they were figuring out the record w- without, with, and without Porzingis was the same. That's what's crazy. It was the same. It was it was really something. So I'm 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 glad that they they took this step. And what's been particularly wild since is that. They've won a lot of games since then. Like they're still playing pretty good basketball. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie has been nothing short of preposterously good. He was why they beat the Warriors last night. Dinwiddie or not. Dinwiddie, um, Bertons is hilarious. He's either going to hit like seven threes tomorrow yeah. night or nothing. <laughs> yeah. The thing that I will tell you that, that for Lakers fans who've not seen him, he does not look like a basketball player. No. He looks like Jack Skellington. And then he is remarkably straight line fast. Yeah, it was not I was not expecting this. Like last night, he was taking dudes off the dribble, making wild ass jump passes. He's just feeling himself right now. So I'm, I'm, (laughs) you know, like Dwight Howard may kill him on like a clothesline across the lane just by accident because the dude just kind of is so kind of um, frenetic.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I always thought like now that I kind of picture it if i was at like one of your family barbecues and you told me yeah that guy's like my cousin four times four times removed i'd believe it i think i would believe it um i want to I, i i last thing before we move on to the actual game but the uh the the mavericks as they currently stand here um and you mentioned luca's contract his rookie contract um and the moves that teams will make to try to take advantage of that rookie contract. I, I think I have this right, but no team. Oh, I guess no team since would it be like Duncan or Co- yeah, it would have to be Duncan or Kobe has won a championship with their best or second best player on a rookie contract or well, definitely best player on a rookie contract
0: i mean Giannis is probably like the youngest dude to be in that range. like 30s isn't most most teams that are that are contenders the core of the team the first they have like four or five top 75 guys in the league that's what one and like and and one thing the mavericks just didn't completely misplay that because they might have two right now for example um and then it's it's usually just guys that are in their late 20s and early 30s i mean that's kind of the The deal like you're 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 an assembled cast of guys put together over time and any team New Orleans is a great example of this when they had AD you just anytime you try to jump the line in team building it doesn't happen like Mm -hmm. the you, you get these these incredible teams like the Thunder who who make it all the way you know like they did in 2011 2012 the Grizzlies are probably the most recent example of a team that's really built themselves up through traditional mm-hmm. building like no skipping of the line they've just ran a smart program um mm-hmm. but it's, it's and they're pretty, gonna get it was a frustrating. Pick
1: from the lakers this year <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was frustrating I I will tell you it was it was very frustrating watching them do this because I thought that luca should have been the guy pretty early on in his rookie year I don't necessarily and, and her all above all. um and then he also said like I don't understand the impetus to need to jump ahead. Like, what were we doing that for? You you cut out for a second. What was the first thing that Harala Bob said? He he said that like more or less that that the Mavericks, you know, he he was not involved in that trade. Like he didn't have a say, which is bizarre because mm. he was, you know, it's like purely yeah. a Donnie Nelson move. I'm not sure how much that's true because you know it's easy to say. Yeah, that you nice. always have. Yeah. But then it's it's also it's like, what was the rush to surround Luca? Like, what was the rush to become? um, a contender or a try to become a contender. And the answer is when a guy like Porzingis is on the table, you have to be willing to take that risk, but it just didn't work.
1: Yeah. I, I guess for me, it comes down to like, it takes an insanely special player to be ready to win a championship in their first, like four or five seasons. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's, it's really, really rare. Duncan is an incredibly rare player in that sense um and kobe like kobe was on you know something close to his rookie contract but he had shack next to him you know that certainly helps uh and and you know every, every guy since then if you're trying to jump in the line like you're talking about like you're just setting that player up for failure because normally when you're trading for those kinds of contracts it makes it that much more difficult to grow organically and that organic growth where you draft people who get bird rights and you can go above the cap to retain that core. Like that's, that's where like the really, really special teams are born. That's like the warriors like is the best team I have ever seen. And, uh, you know, a lot of it was, was, was organic growth because they didn't try too hard, uh, until a situation presented itself where it was like a no brainer. Yeah, sure. We'll add Kevin Durant. Um, but you know, that that patience is really important it's something that these lakers are 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 frankly um lacking um all right let's move on to the game itself the lakers uh, after losing to new orleans uh that means they're gonna have to now win a game that i didn't consider winnable before uh you mentioned luca's birthday and the win against golden state they probably got into la uh last night with plenty of time for him to go out and celebrate his birthday can i rely on puffy luca to help the lakers get a win that they might not normally (laughs) i'm gonna be interested to see how they play if the mavericks look like crap at the start of the
0: game i'm not going to be surprised but if they don't shake the rust by the end of of like i don't know the 18 minute mark of the game then that will be really worth noting um this is so interesting to me because the I don't understand how the Mavericks defense really works. I'm just not going to lie to people. Yeah. It, it shouldn't work. And almost, yet
1: it almost nobody understands defense, anyways. <laughs> right. I mean, I watch the stuff, and you
0: see stuff like on individual plays, but I just. Man, it's it's going to be it's it's if the Lakers go small like that was what happened against the Warriors, the Mavericks went real small. I'd love to see that. I don't really want to see a bunch of bigs in this game, but Frank Vogel can't help himself. It doesn't seem like. Um mm-hmm. so I'm I'm really not this could be a a absolutely horrendous national television game of between- <laughs> <laughs> between two teams who have like generational offensive talents that can't score the ball.
1: <laughs> Wait, this game's a, this game is going to be on national TV. TNT. Pretty sure. Son of a biscuit. All right. Well, that means everybody, if you guys are listening to this tune in for the pressure cooker. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Kirk, for, for hopping on and talking about this. It's, it's so interesting to me. I mean i i'm a lakers fan so i'm go- always going to do this just inherently but anytime i see something going on with another team i kind of relate it back to like oh i wonder what what that would look like if the lakers did that and when the when the mavericks pulled off that porzingis trade that everybody kind of laughed at in the moment myself included you know i it, that's one of those moves that sometimes. It's a gamble don't get me wrong there are ways that this could still backfire or could have backfired right from the get-go um but when a team does that and shows that willingness to win or 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 willingness to to lose honestly because that's that's what a gamble is um it kind of shows to the rest of the team and the rest of the organization that yeah that's we're trying still and i think last night uh if you guys are listening to this and have already heard the lowdown uh I just think the Lakers have received that message from the from the front office that like no we are not. Um check out uh Kirk's stuff all over at mavsbunnyball.com. Uh, check out the Mavs party that will go on after the Lakers game against uh, the Mavericks. <laughs> just assuming a loss. Oh yeah, yeah. We know how this is going. Harrison and I on the lounge last week, we talked about uh our expectations for the rest of the year and Harrison was like shocked and befuddled that i would that i would go so far as to say that i don't think the lakers are even going to make the uh, play-in game um i still (laughs) i feel even strong more strongly that way now it turns out um but yeah check out mazmoneyball.com uh the Moneyball podcast feed and uh his work on green room they're doing incredible work over there at Maz um so you're going to want to check out all of that to get yourselves informed about tomorrow night's game thanks very much kirk we'll talk to you next time Bye.